Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. And during this month, we've had a conversation around a specific theme like we do every month called Back to Life. Really leaning in to the verse that it says in John 10.10, Jesus is speaking, and he says, the thief, the enemy, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. I want nothing to do with any of those three words. If someone comes up to me and says, hey, I'm here to steal, kill, and destroy you, I'm like, no way, I want nothing to do with you, right? But what does Jesus say? He says, that's what the enemy comes to do. But here's what I come to do. I have come so that you may have life and have it to the full. Not just a simple, ordinary existence of life, but life and life to the full. And so today, the invitation that I want to give you is the title of today's message, that the time has come. What we have been saying throughout these collection of talks is that all the time in our life, we can make two choices. It can be a day one choice or a one day choice. In the sense of today is day one. Day one of making church a priority again. Day one of trusting God a little bit more than I have in the past. Day one of living the full life that Jesus has for me. Or we can continue to kind of make excuses and explain away why not to do it and say, well, you know what? Not right now, but one day. Can I encourage you? One day has never led to breakthrough or the miraculous in our lives. It's when we say, hey, no matter what's going on today, today is day one of making that decision and that new direction and that new destination for my life. And here's the thing I love about the Bible, is it's always encouraging us, always being honest with us. And here's what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, this means that anyone, everybody say anyone. All right, let's try it again like we're excited to say it. All right, everybody say anyone. Ah, there we go, very nice. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Can I encourage you today that God is not sitting in this moment thinking about your yesterdays or thinking about your past. He's not thinking about your mistakes. When you give your life to Jesus, the old life is gone away from us. Scripture says it's as far as the east is from the west, never meets again. God has forgotten about it, the old life has gone. But it doesn't end there. It says a new life, a new life has begun. And can I encourage you, or really be honest with you today, you are going to have as much of that new life as you want. You're gonna have as much of that new life as you make a decision to receive it and follow it and go after it. And it says a new life has begun. I love that phrase, begun, because sometimes we read it as like a new life is done. Like I made the decision and that's it. But if our life was just about making the one decision that we trust Jesus, then God would just kind of beam us up Scotty right there. But he didn't do that. We're here to live and have a full life and begin a new journey. And listen, I'll be honest with you, sometimes that journey looks a lot like this. A lot of ups and downs, a lot of difficulties. Maybe you're in here and you don't even know if you fully believe in Jesus yet. Well, our invitation is for you to lean in to the goodness of God today. Maybe you've been hurt by different things, by the church or by people. Could I just ask that you would have a clean slate today or a clean perspective just to listen and lean in? Because here's what I know. Write this down for me today. Your life can become fresh and new 
in Jesus. I love that word fresh, probably because I love fresh things. No one ever is excited when they go to the cabinets and open it up and, and look at that sell by date and it's a month past and you're like, yes, can't wait for some stale cereal, right? Like no one is excited about that. But for some reason, I feel like we get totally fine with having a stale relationship with God. Uh, you know, like I, yeah, I had a good relationship with like, you know, years ago, but hasn't really done anything recently. But I still have it, still lives in the cupboard. Right, you have that thing that like sits in the back of your fridge that you're just too afraid to go grab and clean out, right? Like sometimes you gotta realize, okay, today is day one of cleaning this thing out. Day one is throwing that away or moving on to the new, right? Now, not only can your life become fresh, and I love the sound of fresh, whether it's popping open a new bag of cereal, I love cereal, whether it's popping open a fresh can of Coke or soda, right? Like, shh, we love that sound. My hope for you today is that you would realize that every morning, God is waiting with that shh sound of freshness for your life. And not only freshness, new. That new experience that you can have with God. Listen, you can always have a new experience with Jesus. God is always trying to show you a new thing. Here's what he says, he's reminding his people. He had done amazing things with his people in the Old Testament. But the prophet Isaiah comes along and says, hey, forget all those former things. Not just the bad things, but the good things too. Do not dwell on the past. See. God, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now I love this because God says, hey, I know you're so excited about tomorrow or I know you're still letting tomorrow weigh you down, but guess what? I'm doing a new thing and I don't want you to miss it. Listen, local city, God is doing a new thing in our church. He's doing a new thing in your life and I don't want you to miss it. I want you to see it. I want you to grab a hold of it. I want that new life to be fresh and begin anew every day. And it says, I'm making a way in the wilderness. What is a way? You follow a way, right? Like a way is not just something that is, exists there. You have to actually follow it and take that way. And God has made a way for you in the wilderness. What's that mean? Number one, the surroundings might be a little crazy, but there's a way that God has made. And what does it say? A stream, and streams in the wasteland. What does that mean? As you follow God along the way that he has given you, he's always gonna provide for you from his full stream of life that he has, but you have to follow him and trust him. And really, today is all about not only a time has come, but really, I want to see you grow this year. As the pastor of this house, I wanna be kind of your tour guide of growth over 2024. My word for the year has been the word intentional, meaning like growth is not going to happen by accident. It's not gonna happen by accident. And for some of us, we would say to ourselves, you know, I've been going to church for 10 years, or maybe practically, I've been in this job or I've been in trying relationships out for 10 years and we begin, to, we begin to look at it in a sense of how long we've been doing something. But can I be honest with you today, just because you've been doing something for a long time doesn't mean you've grown in it. Like maybe you've been going to church for 10 years, doing the relationship thing for 10 years, but you don't have 10 years of experience. You've just gone to level one 10 times because every time it gets hard or you have to grow, you just revert back to the beginning again because it's easier. And here's the thing, God is not necessarily always about change. I love this quote from John Maxwell. He wrote this in a book called The 15 Irrefutable Laws of Growth. He says, we cannot become what we need but by remaining what we are. Change is inevitable. Growth is optional. The greatest day in your life and mine is when we take total responsibility for our attitudes. I have two kids. I'm realizing very quickly that change is inevitable. 
all the time we go through that, our time hop app or our Facebook, and it says, hey, here's what happened three, or five, three to five years ago, right? On this day, five years ago, here's how little your kids were. Here's how young you looked, right? Like, oh man, thanks for showing me that, Facebook, right? But I begin to realize I cannot believe my son's about to be five and a half, and my, my youngest son is almost 18 months. Like, it just flies by. Change is inevitable. But just because change is happening doesn't mean I'm growing. And for us today, maybe your prayer is, God, I just want you to change things. And God's like, well, I actually really want you to grow. And if I change these things or if I make them easier, you're not going to grow. Write this down for me. God is about, fill in the blank, God is about growth. Not just change. God is about growing you and building you into the son and daughter he created you to be. Sometimes it's gonna be, that's going to mean we walk through blessing. Sometimes that means we're gonna walk through hardships and it's gonna be difficult. But here's the thing I love, is that every step of the way, God is with us and God is for us. And God is that promise-keeping, way-making, miracle-working God that he has always been. Would you pray with me today as we lean into the message? God, I pray right now that you would help us open our hearts to you. I know that you have something special and significant that you want to speak to every single person listening today. And God, I pray that you would be with us in this room. Fill us and bless us today, God, by the power of your word and what you're showing us. God, I pray that you would be with all of our kids over in Local City Kids. Help them have a great experience of your love as well. Help them know that Jesus wants to be their very best friend and be with our teachers over there as they teach them about scripture and the love of God. God, we believe in what you're doing in our next generation of kids. And Lord, we pray again that you would help us listen and lean in and open our hearts to the things that you have for us. In Jesus' name, we all say, come on, local city, give Jesus a great amen today. And why don't you give a nice shout and clap for everybody watching online today. Hey, let them hear you. So glad you're watching today. Wherever you're watching from, you're with us. And man, if you're staying home because you're sick or it's, you know, you're watching from far away, that's awesome. But hey, if you're well, come hang out with us next week. We'd love to have you in the room because there's nothing like being in the room. As I told you before, one of my decisions for 2024 was being intentional about my life, right? I don't want things just to happen accidentally. See, growth does not just happen accidentally or organically or authentically, right? We actually have to kind of be intentional about something growing. I can't just plant a seed in a pot in my house and say, I really want that thing to grow, and it's just going to grow by itself organically. Yay, here we go. No, I have to water it. I have to give it sunlight. I have to do the intentional things that will grow this plant. Well, the same is for our lives. And during these 21 days, I've tried to do a little reset to my rhythms of life, getting back in the gym more consistently, paying attention to my diet and all of the above. One of the other things that I've done is try to help measure whether or not I'm growing or improving. And so uh, a good friend of mine here in our, in our church uh, has this little wristband called a WHOOP wristband. Whoop, there it is for all our 90s family out there. Uh, so I, th- I literally think of that every time that I, that I say I have a whoop wristband in my mind. Whoop, there it is every time. So that's stuck in your head for the rest of the day. So there you go. Um, but here's, it's this little wristband right here on my wrist. And what it does is it tracks pretty much what you're doing in a sense of like, I go to the gym a lot, right? And so I wanted to realize, am I actually going to the gym and is it doing anything in the calories and, that I'm burning and straining? Or am I just kind of walking in and out the same, right? Because like, Sometimes I'll go for 30, 45 minutes, like, did I really get a workout in? Did I really burn any calories? And if I'm just burning, like, five calories, I think I, you burn 10 calories laughing, so why don't I just sit in my car and laugh for 15 minutes rather than go to the gym and get all sweaty and gross, right? So I've been trying to track that. The other thing that it tracks is your sleep. And what I've realized is I get horrible sleep. Now, I love sleeping. 
much to sometimes my wife's annoyance. I can nap anywhere, right? Like if I'm sitting still for more than 30 seconds, I'll probably fall asleep. That's okay. I love it, all right? It's just who I am. It's who she married and she's learning. Um, But what I've realized, though, is even though I may be actually sleeping, and even at night, I may get a good six to eight hours. Now, listen, when you're a parent, six to eight hours is like a gift from heaven. Come on, parents. Can I get an amen today? I see one baby saying, never in my house. They get six or eight hours, right? Like, it's a gift, right, to have six or eight hours of sleep. And what I've realized, though, is even if I get six to eight hours, what my whoop, there it is, has told me is that my sleep is really getting a grade of like 30 to 35 to 40% out of 100 Not about you, but I never brought a test of 40% to my mom and said, hey, look what I got. And she put it on the fridge. I I hit it, number one, because that's a big old F. And two, not going to hang that on the fridge, right? So I'm realizing that, yes, I'm laying down in a bed, and I'm sleeping for a long period of time, but it's not doing what it's supposed to do. I'm getting a failing grade. I'm only operating on 40%. And I'm missing out on 60% of what's available to me. And why is that? And I never would have known that without this little whoop guy. And what I want you to know today is maybe in your life, you're doing all the God things, you're doing the church things, but you're only getting like 40%. And you're missing out on the other full 100% that God has for you. Why is that? It's because that maybe we have stopped growing. Maybe we have stopped taking some self-inventory of what we need to do to move forward. Maybe, just maybe, local city, we stopped being intentional about our personal spiritual growth. The story we're going to walk through is one of my favorites. One of my favorite characters in all of Scripture is a guy from the Old Testament by the name of Joshua. Now, let me give you some context about Joshua. Joshua, for a long time, followed a guy that maybe you definitely know by the name of Moses. Moses, just OG hero in the Old Testament, right? Like, did some of the most amazing miracles, led the people of God for over 40 years, led, you know, brought the power of God through the 10 plagues on Egypt, brought the Israelites out of slavery, parted the Red Sea, did just amazing, miraculous, amazing things. And there was a guy that hung with him, kind of as as his protege, for 40 years, and his name was Joshua. And what Moses was doing for all this time was leading God's people to what they called the promised land, like bringing them essentially back home. And every battle, every step of the way was about bringing them to the promised land. Well, because God is so serious about leaders and so serious about his promises, Moses gets all the way to the edge of the promised land and doesn't get to go in because of some failures and things that he messes up with, things he stopped being intentional about. Now, we still served God and loved God, and was honored in God's eyes, but when it came to that, it was like, well, you gotta stop here. And so what happens is, Moses dies, and it's time for Joshua to lead. And when we jump into the book of Joshua, chapter one, not much into the book, verse two, here's what we read, this is God speaking, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you would say, God, this is not some nice bedside manner, all right? Like you're just telling it how it is. I just gotta tell you, that if you are always thinking that God is going to speak to you in this like pie in the sky, you know, very kind way, you, don't, you have an unhealthy perspective of God. Because listen, I am a father now. If I always talk to my kids like, hey, buddy, like just so you know, like, and I, I just got to tell you, my two stubborn, strong-willed sons who I love so much are not going to respond to that. Sometimes it's like, hey, get out of the road. You're going to die. You're going to get hit by a car. Sometimes I got to be that honest, all right? Now, God is saying to, now, this is a conversation he's having with Joshua. He says, Joshua, Moses is dead. Sorry, but the time has come for you to lead these people. 
the Israelites across the Jordan River into the land I am giving you. I love the directness of God. He says, Joshua, you've been preparing for this moment for 40 years. And listen, Moses is dead. Now he's with me. Now I gotta deal with Moses' anger issues and all his craziness. All right, he's with me, all right? Now, now, but you have gotta still lead my people. You've gotta do what you were trained to do. You gotta grow. You gotta challenge yourself. You gotta stretch. You gotta navigate the tensions. It's going to be hard, man. But the time, that doesn't mean that the time hasn't come. Like title of today's message, the time has come. Local city, the time has come for you to step into a day one journey of your life. You've been through this season. You've been through years of life. It is time. But what does God say? I love that he says, hey, go at it on your own. I'm gonna be back here, me and Moses hanging out. No, Moses is dead. It's your time. And I love what he says, that the same promise that I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on the land I have given you. What is God saying? Hey, you are going to have to step forward. You are going to have to grow. But every time you grow, every time you take that step that you don't know if, if, what's gonna happen, every time you take that step of faith, every time you keep praying, keep seeking, keep running after me, every time there is going to be sure footing that you land on that I have provided for you. Can I tell you, local city, there may be 99 reasons why you shouldn't take a step or 99 excuses that you have to stay where you're at, but there is one reason to keep going, and that is because God has promised that every step that you take, he will be there. Come on, second service, I need you to wake up a little bit and be excited about that. He's always going to be there for you. He is always going to be leading you and guiding you. Yes, it will be hard, but nothing worth doing is easy. When's the last time you were like, man, the last five years have been so easy and I grew so much. No, I, I wish. My life looks more like, man, the last five months have been hell on earth. But man, I've grown so much. You grow through adversity. You grow through fear. And God is telling us today, hey, guess what? Whatever's in your past, it's dead. Moses, he's gone. And there were good things and bad things with Moses. But God's saying, hey, Moses did some great things, but he's gone now. That experience you had when you were a kid and said yes to Jesus, that's gone now. you got to actually mature and grow up in your faith. That prayer that you had answered years ago, it's been, it's been answered. So what are we waiting for? Let's go. You're looking for a church, hey, there's one right here, let's go. Let's get connected, let's keep moving forward. And see, I think the thing is, is God wants us to grow. Just like that, that quote from Maxwell, it says, change is optional. I mean, growth is optional, change is inevitable. So here's the thing today that I wanna give you, is that I wanna first kind of encourage you to not overthink or overcomplicate what is required for spiritual growth. Don't overthink or overcomplicate what is required for spiritual growth. Where are my overthinkers at? All right, some of us raise our hands. Some of us were like thinking, overthinking, should I raise my hand? Is he going to call me out? Is he going to ask me to give the last time I overthought? Some of you, you overcomplicated it. You're like, should I raise my hand all the way up? Does he want me to raise it like this? Should I do two hands? Should I do like this, like I'm carrying a TV? Like, what should I do? And you get so, you're like, and what, what is the biggest effect of overthinking and overcomplicating is staying exactly where you're at. God would sometimes rather you jump and do something than just stay where you're at. Because we keep overthinking things. What's God going to do? I don't know, but I know who God is. So I know it's going to be good for me. 
well, I don't know, what about this step or that? Just take a step, bro. Don't overcomplicate it. Just do it. But I'll tell you, listen, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But you're going to have to navigate and manage that tension. Where you're going to have to navigate difficulties. Because here's the thing. Remember the thing I said before? You've been doing this for 10 years, but you've really only gone to level one 10 times? It's because every time you have to make a big decision, every time you have to keep going when it's tough, every time you have to make a sacrifice, if you don't do that, you will just go right back to the beginning. You will go right back to the beginning. I, you know, growing up, played video games. Every level has a boss you've got to defeat. And if you die to that boss, you go all the way back to the beginning of that level. Sometimes you're going to fight a boss of selfishness. You're going to fight a boss of greed, pride, convenience. And if you don't defeat that boss, you're going to die and get all the way back to And you're going to go through the whole level all the way again. Eventually, that boss is going to be there. And you're going to have to kill it. And the only way you can kill it is by trusting God, staying connected in his house, and asking other people to pray for you so that you can keep going. Because here's the thing. If I were to lock you in a paper bag, you may not break it with that first punch. But I know for sure I don't want to be stuck in a paper bag all my life, so I'm going to keep punching like this over and over and over again until I get out. And some of us, we quit on like the ninth punch, but the tenth one is what breaks through. Some of us are walking up a mountain of prayer, and we're about to stop, but really just on the, over, just on the other side of that hill, we're going to see the breakthrough God has for us. You've got to keep going. Don't overthink it. Don't overcomplicate it. Here's how I can simplify it the best possible way. is that simple... Small steps of obedience in the right direction over a long period of time always lead to breakthrough. I wish we could microwave spiritual growth because I love the microwave. But we can't. It takes time. It takes time. But what's beautiful about that is you get to look back and see, man, God, you have been faithful. You have been good to me. There's anyone that's, that's thankful, that's thankful for the faithfulness of God. You're thankful for the goodness of God. I love this quote from Eugene Peterson, one of my favorite theologians. It says this, when we grow in contrast to merely change, we venture into new territory and include more people in our lives. We serve more and we love more. Our culture is filled with change. This is huge, but it's poor in growth. New things, models, developments, opportunities are announced breathlessly every hour. But instead of becoming ingredients in a long and wise growth, they simply replace. Buy an iPhone, it's already old, right? Like, the previous is discarded and the immediate is stuck in. Until, bored by the novelty, we run after the next fad. Men and women are always drawn to the new, but never grow up. God's way is growth, not change. My fear in my life is how, long I, how many times I have wasted seasons and wasted time and wasted prayers by saying, God, would you change my circumstance rather than, God, would you grow me in, in spite of my circumstance? Would you show me clearly what you're trying to show me through this circumstance? See, maybe the circumstance you're in right now, you're praying for God to change it, but God is saying, hey, if I change it, you'll never grow. If I change it, you'll just stay the same way you've always been. And if you don't grow, you're not ready for what's coming. Joshua, Moses is dead. And if I change that circumstance, you would not be ready to lead the Israelites into battle after battle after battle to keep facing the enemy and keep stepping into the promises that I have for you. You have got to begin to walk through these circumstances with some courage and strength and build up some resiliency because if I keep making it easier, you're never going to get stronger. Maybe a greatest gift I can give you today is stop praying, God, change these things around me and say, God, show me how you're trying to grow me. And if you change my circumstances, awesome. But I want to grow. See, a, 
A waiting season is, is never a wasted season if you grow. A painful season is never a wasted season if you grow. Let me give you a quick, four quick things today as we begin to close. Uh, the first thing is, how do I practically grow? Number one, make a move. Make a move. I wish I could tell you, hey, stay right where you're at, and God's going to grow you in great ways. It's just not how it works, though. Like, you got to make a move. We will never experience God's best for our lives without movement. you got to change. you got to change things around you. you got to make a new decision. And you got to keep moving. What does it say in Joshua chapter 1, verse 2 and 3? I mean, these are God's words, not mine. He says, listen, Moses, my servant, is dead. Again, just you got to know that. But therefore, the time has come. If there's a therefore in there, we got to realize what's it there for. Someone reminded me of that in our essentials class this week. The time has come for you to lead a movement word, these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River, a movement word, into a movement word, the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Movit, wherever, a movement word, you set your foot, a movement phrase, you will be on the land I have given you. You gotta move. You gotta take a next step. You've gotta say, God, you know what? I am going to make a move today forward, whatever it takes, and you'll begin to see God doing something special inside of you. Here's a commitment that I want to give you to write down today is that I will choose a step and take it. What's a step that you need to take? What's the next step for you? What's the next step to keep growing and moving in your life? It takes movement to see God's best. It takes constant movement towards him. What did Jesus say to the disciples? Not, hey, come and just sit in your boat and I'll make you fishers of men. He said, come and follow me. And I will, we will change the world together. You gotta follow Jesus, and follow is a present tense action verb continually happening every day. I'm trying to follow Jesus. I'm choosing a step, and I'm taking it. I'm gonna give you a quick list today. Maybe, I'm, I'm sure one, one of these steps is a step you need to take. Before I throw the list up there, one, of us, one step we need to take maybe is just to choose the step of spending time with God daily again. We call it this, our first 15. First 15 minutes of every day are God's, not my phones, not my emails, not even my wife or my kids. It's God's because it's only the first 15 minutes spent with God can affect the rest of the hours of the day. So my first five minutes, what I do is I pop on a worship song right away, begin to worship, fill my spirit with joy and, and strength. And then I step right into God's word, reading the promises that he has for me. Sometimes it's just the verse of the day on the Bible app. And I speak that, and I read it out loud. And then after I sing and after I read, I pray. And if I don't know what to pray, I just pray what I just sang and pray what I just read. God, fill me today. God, yours is a beautiful name, not mine. You're the same God who continues to do great things. God, you were with Joshua, and you said that the, what you promised Moses was promised to him. So I would, encourage, oh, would you remind me today of your promises? You start the day like that, you'll have a little bit different of a day. Your boss will get on your nerves less. You'll be a better example of kindness and encouragement to your workplace. You'll begin to step into confidently praying for people and caring for them and having a little bit better of an attitude because you have elevated your spirit above the things of the world. What are the practical things? First one may be just being back in church consistently. I know our culture begins to make church and church more optional, but I just gotta tell you, Jesus gave his life for one thing, and that was the church. He said he was gonna build one thing, and that was the church. It's his idea. Maybe you just got to be consistent about church and not say, you know, if we go, but yes, we're going, and we schedule everything else around that. It's not optional. It's essential. Like, I need church. My wife and I, we know we need church. Our boys need church. 
I could say probably one of the best decisions you can make for 2024 is just go on every, I don't know, what do we got, 48 Sundays left, plug them in your calendar, 9.30 or 11, I'm there. Whether I'm out of town, I'm there. If I'm out of town, I'm watching online. Why? Because consistent church is what's going to bring breakthrough in your life, not because you're doing something religious, but because you're building your relationship with God and his house. Second thing is maybe it's time to stop just consuming and sitting in the rows of church and actually get in the game. Come to our party with a pastor afterwards. It's a big invitation. Come hang with me. I want to tell you about the church, tell you what he's done in some people's lives, and tell you what he can do in yours. Next thing, next week is Serve 101. You have gifts and talents inside of you. Some of us, we sit on those gifts and talents every single week, and we're like, why am I here? Well, I want to, we want to tell you. We want to help you. And I believe you will never unlock your full potential of the full life that Jesus has for you until you start serving his house. Just got to tell you that. Next one is, next week is Baptism Sunday. Never been baptized? Next week, baptism will be right there. Come on up. Let's baptize you. You want to celebrate. Maybe inside of you, you're just like, I want to find community. Well, maybe you've been called to build community and lead a small group this year. Take the step of faith. Like, I don't know if I'm ready. You're probably not. But just do it anyway. We'll, t- we'll tell you if you're not ready. <laughs> like, we'll t- I'll tell you. But you don't get to tell you that. Like, if you feel like I want you to do it, okay. And then you're, if your pastor says you're not ready, okay. But, you're, but everyone should be, if they're not leading one, we're attending one. Committing to attending one. Make some sort of step. Make a move. All right, we're running out of time. So let's do the next one. N- number two is take a stand. This one's pretty simple. When we start moving, the enemy won't like it. We must stand firm. Just gotta tell you, before you gave your life to Jesus, the enemy didn't care about you. When you gave your life to Jesus, he 100% started to pay attention to you. So when you feel like spiritual attack is coming your way, probably because it is, it's a real thing. When you were lost, and he was like, they're lost, what do I care about them? When you're found in Jesus, they're like, well, let me see what I can do. Because he wants to destroy you like he's destroyed his own life. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus comes to give you full life. Whether you've invited Jesus into your life or today after service you're going to, I would be a bad pastor if I didn't tell you, hey, there's going to be some attack. But you're not alone anymore. You're not trying to go through the attack by yourself. You have someone who is standing alongside you. What does it say in Joshua 1.5? No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail or abandon you. We've got to remember this promise from God, that no one will be able to stand against you. But how do I do that? I have to stand firm and not give in. The Bible's very clear on a lot of things. We've got to stand firm in those things. There's sin in your life that you've got to get rid of. You've got to just stand firm and say, I'm not doing that anymore. That brokenness, that addiction, those decisions, they are destroying my life and destroying my family and destroying my future. I'm standing firm. I don't want anything to do with them anymore. We've got to get rid of some of those relationships, some of those things that we put into our mind. We've got to be realized, hey, I've got to make a stance today that I am not going to give an inch to the enemy because he's going to come at me. But I'm going to stand firm. Here's the commitment. I will confront an area that is holding me back. What area is holding you back? Is it living your life with Jesus out of convenience and not calling? Because here's the thing. You can live your life comfortable with moments of calling or you can live your life called with moments of comfort. You've got to realize that because you're called. God's called you. And sometimes it won't be comfortable. Sometimes it won't be convenient. But you know what? I'm going to confront those areas sometimes. If I find, if I, there's pride in me, if there's selfishness in me, if there's apathy in me, I want to confront those areas. And our prayer team would love to stand with you and lift you up and let you know that you're forgiven, you're set free. God can work a miracle inside of you. Third thing is this, live God's word. God's word shapes our minds and our hearts. Pretty simple. 
I'll just use a story to explain this one. When you spend time in God's word, it changes you, just like time changes you. This past week, I went to a meeting where I saw a handful of people I hadn't seen in a long time. And would you believe, let me, let me be honest with you, all right, like four people in the, in, the sp- in the span of 15 minutes came up to me and said the same thing. Beginning of the year, let my beard grow out a little bit. It's okay, you know? And four people in 15 minutes came up and said, wow, a lot of gray in the beard. And I said, yeah, man, I got two kids and I planted a church in 2020, all right? You'd have gray in your beard too, <laughs> like, right? But here's the thing. They realized that there had been some changes in me. And because of those changes, you could see the difference in me, Right? Now, I could have got upset. In my mind, I did. But I didn't, on the outside, I was very pastoring. Yeah, you know, it's just been, been a crazy life, right? You know, but it's okay. You know, that's what happens. You know, you go gray in the beard, you lose hair up top, it's all of the above, right? It's fine. I'm okay to step into that. I'm called, not comfortable, right? So here's the thing, though. You've got to realize when you spend time in God's word, just like time, it begins to shape you and change you. It shapes the way you think and the way you feel and approach your life. God's word is really important. I just got to tell you that. The Bible is really important. Why? Why do I know that? Well, what does, jo- what, is, what does God say? God doesn't say to Joshua, hey, Joshua, you got to get back in the gym, man. You're going to battle. You got to get back to that, that full circuit push-pull. Like, let's go. Got to get your diet right. You got to start getting the army planned up and mobilized. What, he tells him one thing. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to what? Obey. Ugh, we don't like that word. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. This is huge. Study this book of instruction. Study the law of God. Study his word continually. Meditate on it day and night. So you will be sure to, again, obey everything written in it. This is huge, everybody. Only then will you prosper. I live God's word. Here's the commitment. I will create space to engage the Bible every day. This is not some historical text. This is not something that was a good idea 2,000 years ago. It is essential to my Christian walk with Jesus. And it shapes my mind. When I feel like I'm messed up, I remember that God, I was wonderfully made by God. When I feel like I cannot keep going, I remember that if God is for me, who can be against me? When I feel like, you know, I, oh, I got this thing, you know, I, I, I can do this life. I remember, oh, wait, all have sinned and fallen short grace of God is a free gift that I receive every day. And here's the last one. I just choose to follow Jesus completely. This is my invitation to you today as we close. This following Jesus thing will not work with one foot in, one foot out. This following Jesus thing will not work with an approach of convenience or optional or kind of semi-in, semi-out. It only works all in. We tell it this way, give our church a year see what God does. Be here Sundays. Start serving. Start giving. Get in a circle and see how God takes you from here and grows you to here. It can happen. To experience God's best, we must trust Him. And what does God say? That we trust Him by surrendering our life to His Son Jesus, being in His house, serving others, and living a life of generosity. See, I love Joshua. We read chapter one, and now we're going to go 24 chapters ahead. There's some great stuff in there, so go read it on your own. But 24 chapters ahead, we see the example of someone who followed Jesus completely. He says this to all the people of Israel. This is now Joshua speaking to all the people as they're about to really solidify their presence in the promised land. If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then listen, choose for yourself this day whom you'll serve. 
whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in those land you are living right now. But here's the thing. As for me, you do what you want. But as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord because everything else has failed us. Everything else has kept me going back to square one. But today, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to build my marriage and my family and my life and my business on Jesus. So here's my commitment. I will give my life fully to Jesus. Give my life fully to Jesus. Not half. I'm not going to hide some things in secret. My commitment is that I will give my life fully to him. Fully to Jesus. In just a minute, we're going to respond and worship. I want to share with you just a quick little story. I love documentaries. And this is actually a very quick story. It's really simple. I've been watching a documentary on Netflix uh, that talks about blue zones. If you're unfamiliar with a blue zone, it's areas of the world where people live like not only to a hundred, but like into their hundreds. Like they're just around forever. And this guy kind of went around and, and did a documentary on why is that happening? Why are people living so much longer here? Now, some of it has to do with maybe some geography things, but what he found in almost all of them is that they had a few characteristics about their life that were all similar. They went to a church, they had a close group of friends within that church, and they were consistently praying and building their spirit. It says even those things, study shows that it, it reduces cognitive decline and helps us master some of the skills and purposes we have in us. I mean, even the world is kind of finding out what God already said. <laughs> Trust me with your life to my house, build some relationships, and then live the full life I created you for. only works when I've given my life fully to Jesus. And I got to tell you, local city, that I'm reading Joshua chapter 1 over my life this year of like, God, I want to live out the promises that you have for me. I don't want to get to the end of my life and miss out on the miraculous God that I could have seen move in my life, that I want to step into the things that you've promised me. I want to live the full life that Jesus gave his life to give me. I want to study your word and build my life on it. I want to have the best marriage and the best family that makes a difference with the gospel and the good news of Jesus. I want to live a life that's worth living and dying for, and only you can give me that. I give my life fully to you. Would you stand to your feet today as we close and close your eyes with me? Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.